Blog Talk Radio. The beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. La da 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 dee. La da 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 da. Sunny and Cher again. Hey, everybody. This is Janine, and you're listening to Lunch with Loudon. Coffee Party Internet Radio is a part of the Be the Media Project. For a complete list of the Coffee Party Radio Network shows, go to our website, www.coffeepartyusa.com, and click on Radio Shows. Consider joining our team. Hey, I would love to have you on the studio board with me right now. It would be so great. So, my gosh, the weather report. My thoughts are really with you, snowbound folks on the East Coast. I'm in the foothill of the Oregon Coast Range, so we're having another soggy day. Um, The Pineapple Express, which is wet weather from Hawaii, is in full swing. I've got flooding to the south. I've got landslides to the north. And with any luck, we'll have power long enough to finish our hour together. So hang on. Let's go for a ride. Um, oh, my gosh, you guys. Three weeks into the new administration, and I'm already exhausted. Well, I thank goodness I did my homework last week. We all did on shock events. So at least we know that there is a method to the madness, but the madness feels sensitive. This truly is a marathon, not a sprint. Pace yourself. So between the president jumping the shark with the Nordstrom tweets, can you believe it, and the Senate silencing Elizabeth Warren for so-called impugning testimony, I feel like a cat chasing my tail. When the best news of the week is that the SCOTUS nominee that I have misgivings about, I will admit, calls the president that the judiciary, and I quote, disheartening and demoralizing, uh, a joy short-lived by the spin kings who have now come in full force to make everyone believe that everyone who quoted the judge was wrong. Uh, it's crazy making, yeah? Um so, uh, oh, my gosh, and I just saw in the chat room that uh, Luther Strange is the new senator from Alabama replacing Jeff Sessions. The whole Jeff Sessions thing is crazy, and this makes it, it continues. <laughs> it continues. So thank you, uh, Tudor Magic, for that update. I will admit that the hour before the show, I'm not online. I'm not listening to anything. I'm just trying to put all the pieces together so that when the Blog Talk Lady goes, Blog Talk Radio. Uh, I'm here with you, ready to go. So, before we get going, power to the people. Because coffee party methods include using our social media presence to alert our members and supporters to action, I'm now starting each broadcast with a little segment that I call Power to the People. And if you would like to promote actions in your community, you can have an announcement on the air or you can be a guest and deliver your own message. 
Heck, you can even leave me a voicemail and I'll play your message on the radio. I actually have a tech person now who can prepare that for me. So uh, as long as you get me information by 9 o'clock Pacific on show days, which is 12 Eastern um, Thursdays, I can include it in this week's show. My email, my voicemail, the call-in number to the broadcast, uh, and the message, how to leave a message on the Lunch with Cloud and Facebook page are all included uh, in the banner of the Lunch with Loud and Facebook page. So you can go there, get the intel, and make sure whatever's happening. I don't care if it's in your neighborhood, your city, your county, your state, the nation. Um, I will, if you share it, I will promote it. So if you have something to promote right now, Right now, you call 646-929-2495, and you press 1 to be put into the host queue. So you could be one of the first. And when you call in, remember the civility pledge. For those who need a refresher, it's so short and sweet. I'll just read it quickly. As a member or supporter of Coffee Party USA, I support peaceful methods. I, pre- I pledge to conduct myself in a way that is civil, honest, and respectful towards people to whom I disagree. I value people from different cultures. I value people with different ideas. And I value and cherish the democratic process. So easy peasy. I know you can do it. So here's my list for today. Um, I try to get these uh, at least a little bit so I know that they're not a joke. <laughs> but, So February 17th, there has been a call for a national strike. Uh, The language is, if you believe in America, show up by refusing to work on the Friday before President's Day, February 17th. Let them know. No work done, nothing purchased nationwide. And they're using the hashtag, hashtag national strike and hashtag national strike 17. So if that's something you'd like to check out, go uh, go to Twitter, and they uh, should be able to uh, you should be able to see what's happening. Uh, I ha- don't have a Facebook reference for this yet. Daily action that's still going on, and I really want to encourage people to take a look. Uh, Daily action sends a message for uh, the phone call of the day. They're asking you to make one phone call a day. And obviously, based on the request, you will or will not make that call. The background leading to the call and example language um, will come on either an email or daily text. And to sign up for Daily Action, you either go to dailyaction.org or you text the word daily to the number 228466, which is action and you'll be prompted to enter enter your zip code and that is it um let's see the next one i have um rise with standing rock and there is a a save the date message out for that one it's a native nations march on washington dc scheduled for march 10th uh, the details are coming soon. It was literally a save the date. And um, the, I'm just, I will go post all of these. Oh, actually, I've already posted all of these hashtags on the Lunch with Loud and Facebook page. But it's like 
hashtag rise with standing rock, hashtag no DAPL, DAPL, hashtag standing rock, hashtag bank exit, hashtag stand with standing rock, and hashtag Native Nations March. Oh, and one more, hashtag no KXL. So, again, you can go to my Facebook page and get those individually. Um, as a matter of fact, there was yesterday an event. Um, the It was called the No, no DAPL Last Stand. And so I, I, can't ex, I can't stress that it's important, how important it is to sort of check in on my, my notice page and check for events because they, I learn about them and they happen sometimes before the next broadcast. And so, for example, another one was the Sanders-Cruz debate last Tuesday. Um, that one I hadn't found out about. So even if you think I should know about something, but I haven't posted it on Lunch with Loudon yet, I lead every one of them with power to the people so you can sort of scan for them. And if there's something I need to know about, by all means, uh, leave me a message on the page and um, we'll get it up. We'll get it ready to go. Now, the next big anti-Trump, so-called anti-Trump protest that I've heard about is on April 15th. Um, Taxes are actually due, I think, on the 17th this year. I don't even know. But uh, I know for sure there's one uh, plan for Chicago. There's calls to have them all around the country. April 15th, demand that our president uh, share his tax returns. Um, my gosh, uh, we really have no way of knowing what uh, financial interests our president has in any of the countries he deals with. I mean, we do know that his family has interests with Nordstrom because we're seeing him um, badmouth all over Twitter right now. But it'd be good to know more. It'd be good to know more. And uh, if you haven't gotten together with your friends in friendly protests between now and then, by all means, April 15th, I'm going to be there. Uh, Our little town will have a couple of hundred people. Uh, The last thing I want to mention is that uh, last week I talked about Ready to Resist, which are weekly calls that were started on January 22nd and are going to occur every Sunday for the first 100 days of the president's administration. And you can check it out on moveon.org to sign up for the call. Every week there are folks making presentations. Some of them are about actions. Some of them are about methodology. You know, how do you organize an action? Some of them are about safety. Um, So it's it's not just a let's rally to this. It's really about sort of the whole raising the bar for all of us about how it is, what it takes to be a thoughtful, well-organized, and effective protester in this climate. So again, if you'd like to chime in on the conversation, we're about to launch. You can call 646-929-2495 and press 1 to be put in the host queue. And if you don't press 1, you're going to look like someone who's listening to the show live on the phone. So I I won't bother you. So last week, oh, listen, before I start, I have another comment from from chat, I was just talking about how we want to see the president's tax returns, and this one says, I want to see his birth certificate on the premise that it will show that he wasn't born on or prior to June 21st, 1788, which is the date New Hampshire became the ninth state to ratify the Constitution. I love this. It's 
I love this clause. It's like one of those things you just don't look at with our Constitution. Basically, anyone, in theory, no one could be president. But hey, given um, our president's history as uh, the prime mover in the whole birther, um, in the whole birther uh, movement, ha! Birth certificate it is, sir. I'll add that to the tax return. Okay, so last week I said I didn't know, I did not know what Bannon was up to. We were talking about shock events, and we identified him as a prime mover in shock events. And for those of you who don't remember who Bannon is, he is the president's up-close and personal advisor who's been admitted now to the National Security Council, or is at least attempting to be admitted to the National Security Council. And um, he's been a mover and shaker in the whole uh, shake em up alt-right movement for a long time. Now, some people will have a different way of describing that. And so, I, you know, and I welcome anyone to call in and sort of straighten me out about that. But needless to say, he's a mover and a shaker and very influential with our president. So when we talked about shock events, events that create chaos and intentionally widen fault lines between us, Uh, during our Groundhog Day Effect broadcast last week, I was motivated to do a lot of searching and vetting and discussing this question with family and friends. And here's what I discovered. And, of course, remember, the question is, what is Bannon up to? So I posted to the articles that represent the information that made the biggest impression on me, Uh, two of many. But one was from The Atlantic, titled, what effective protests could look like. And the other was from Business Insider, titled, Steve Bannon's obsession with a dark theory of history should be worrisome. And these two um, kind of braid together in a very interesting way. So the first one, the Atlantic article, was written by David Fromm on February 6th of this year. He was an insider, an admitted professed insider with the Bush administration, Uh, who frankly admires the Women's March on Washington and the energy of protesters today. He warns, however, that this administration is clever at making good things sound bad and that the truth is no barrier to this kind of shaming process that goes on that denigrates um, the things that we're up to. I'm going to read a little quote. Trump's statement and I'm adding in brackets, about the demonstration in Berkeley, California, is precisely the opposite of the truth. Dogma in Trump world, including even to many Trump-skeptical conservatives, protesters may be up against something never before seen in American life. A president and an administration determined to seize on unrest to legitimate represent, to, to legitimate represent, mm. I'm sorry, unrest to legitimate repression. Those protesters are not ready for it, and few Americans are, unquote. Well, that fits right into our shock event discussion, doesn't it? He goes on and he has suggestions about that. Here's another quote. You want to scare Trump? Be orderly, polite, and visibly patriotic, unquote. He pointed to patriotic songs and flags that were present at the LAX immigration rallies. You might have seen images or uh, video feeds from that. It was actually pretty moving. They were singing God Bless America and waving flags. It was amazing. 
Uh, I would also point to the women marches. Uh, all but impossible to soil because of the amazing crowd conduct. I was there in D.C. Very few people even tried to rally us up, but those that who did from the sidelines were literally ignored. So it was a pretty amazing uh, example of what that uh, orderly, polite, invisibly patriotic crowd uh, can do. Gather also shares that the message is everything. The more inclusive the message, the more powerful. And he gave a few useful tests, you know. Um, they're pretty common sense. Could this demand be achieved by a law passed through Congress? In other words, are you actually asking for something that can be done? Uh, can I imagine my Rush Limbaugh listening brother-in-law agreeing with it? So in my case, it would be the Rush Limbaugh listening brother. But um, I understand the need to be inclusive and to not say these things in a way that you know, uses the dog with word that give people permission to not, you know, not even finish the sentence. Can I tweet it? <laughs> Which is very good if you can. Uh, although, you know, we all have a resentment of the bumper sticker logic, uh, but I have learned how to put my thoughts into smaller and smaller packages in the first line so that the lines thereafter, so, you know, my first line will tweet and the lines thereafter are more explanatory. So I'm beginning to understand that these bumper sticker statements can work if indeed they're followed by actual intel or thoughts, you know, opinions that are expressed as opinions, right? One of the uh, more interesting little pieces, well, actually, I think all this article is interesting, and it was, this is like the example article for all the ones that I read that were similar to this. But uh, he pointed to the fact that protests are fun, especially the way we're conducting them right now. But meetings are effective. In other words, uh, uh, let's see, here's another quote. Protests can energize people and overawe governments, but it is the steady and often tedious work of organization that sustains democracy and can change the world. Protests are useful mostly to the extent that they mobilize people to participate in the follow-up meetings, to realize the protest goal. Collect names and addresses, form Facebook groups, keep in touch, don't argue, recruit, meet in real space as well as online. Serve cake. Make your presence felt on your local elected officials, not just once, but day after day, week in, week out. Make them feel that they could lose their individual seats if they do not heed you. The feel, they feel the pressure from lobbyists all the time. To succeed, you should be equally focused and persistent, and that requires, above all, be motivated by hope, not outrage. Um, I found this interesting because he went on to spend a lot of time talking about the difference, um, the courage it takes to come from a position of hope as opposed to disgust. And in a way, the way these shock events are being delivered, um, they, they're designed to invoke a, an equal or greater uh, answer from those of us that read them. And so if they're denigrating, it's very seductive to be equally denigrating as opposed to exhale, think about why that doesn't work for you, make the expressions. 
You know, so I'm perfectly comfortable saying the president jumped the shark with this Nordstrom thing. You know, we don't care. The people don't care about his daughter's clothing line with, Nord- with Nordstrom's. And he shouldn't either. He has transcended that right. He no longer has any family business. And I guess that's the whole point of the tax return rally. And I guess that's the whole point of our wanting his tax returns revealed. We have, if he makes a big deal about Nordstrom's, my gosh. But also, um, remember the, that um, Judge Gorsuch, who has been nominated to the Supreme Court, even he found the comments denigrating and disheartening. But he said so eloquently, right? So he's not going, ah. he's, he's saying why he has that reaction. And boy, that's an exercise that I worked you know, muscle I work to exercise every day, every day, every day. So the second article, which will dovetail into this in a minute, it was written by Lynette Lopez on February 2nd. Remember, and this is for the Business Insider. No, this was for the, ooh, the Atlantic. The Business Insider, thank you, I apologize. Big screen, lots of scrolling. Um, and I, this one is very serious and very revealing to me. And this is how she opened her piece. President Trump's advisor, Steve Bannon, is on the cover of this week's Time magazine. And in the piece, it is revealed that Bannon deeply believes in a theory about America's future laid out in a book called The Fourth Turning, what cycles of history tell us about America's next rendezvous with destiny. This is a pretty heady work. And she, she goes on to say, this fact should concern every American. The short version of the story that she wrote is that Mr. Bannon ascribes to the theory that our history moves through cycles, 80-year to 100-year cycles, which all end in the demise of society as we know it through some kind of failure, usually catastrophic failure, and conflict that's born of that chaotic failure to create a new order. The Revolutionary War is cited, Civil War, the Great Depression, and World War II are um, touted as examples of the theory. And I guess the timing there is about right. So Ms. Lopez asserts that Mr. Bannon believes that the catalyst for the fourth turning has already happened, that it was the financial crisis of 2008. But rather than rolling with it or trying to be informed by the knowledge and stabilizing us, Mr. Bannon appears to want to help it along. Interesting. Here's another quote. Bannon has never been secretive about his desire to use Trump to bring about his version of America. He told Vanity Fair last summer that Trump was a blunt, oh, I have to, this is a quote instead of quotes, a blunt instrument for us, dot, dot, dot. I don't know whether he really gets it or not. In other words, our president is the right tool for Mr. Bannon's interest um, in chaotic failure and recreation of order in a different form, uh, whether he is aware of that or not whether he even understands the theory or understands the maneuver. That's a little scary. Again, quoted from Vanity Fair. So who is the us? 
who's the us that we're, you know, that we're, when he says uh, that Trump's a blunt instrument for us, <laughs> I don't feel like it's for me. And I'm not sure that chaotic failure is required uh, to pull us out of this trigger event that they call, um, you know, the financial crisis of 2008, especially since it was appears to be so intentionally have manifested. You know, if you wonder about that, go check out or get on Netflix and see the big short. You'll get to see all kinds of things in this shift that were afoot that people knew would eventually implode upon themselves, and they did them anyway because there was so much money to be made. I guess greed could be, uh, in the terms of this uh, more scholarly work, not Mr. Bannon, but the, the authors of the text, um, it could actually be greed that was going to hit us, have us hit this wall and bust, bust up society and have it reform another way. Um, but that's, uh, that wasn't mentioned. The article continues with analysis of the theory versus Bannon's interpretation of the theory. Uh, it's a long article, and it's a thoughtful read, and I hope to make time for it. But let's loop back to the first article, the one that tells us if we're going to be effective protesters and organize follow-ups, just how, uh, how do we do that in a way that add to our knowledge of shock events intended to create chaos and divide us and this whole theory that uh, is topped off with all of a, uh, an administration insider who not only expects but also wants this nation to fail. And the world seems just a little creepy. And I, I don't want to end on a creepy note. Um, I really do. First of all, I guess to have an opinion about this, you, the listener, would first have to at least read some of this theory about these 80 to 100-year cycles. And then to compare what you read with your own personal knowledge of history or to obtain more knowledge of history. And the article written by Ms. Lopez goes on to say she thinks there's a misinterpretation going on here because there's a big comparison to the Great Depression, and the Great Depression happened differently. And the uh, World War II happened differently. And to say that we can recreate a past failure of society, it might be missing the mark. And that, indeed, the reason society fails is not because it's like the steam engine going around and around the track, but that things that are uncontrollable or unanticipated occur. And this is not at all an unanticipated event. If we're trying to crash governance as we know it, if we're trying to crash democracy as we know it, and if we're trying to crash this country as we know it, I don't see that being the same as one of these inevitable cycles, if they are indeed inevitable. If you can see it coming, why can't you intervene in another way? My, my gateway to not feeling creepy about this is to continue to inform myself, continue to have discussions with people like you, um, or at least for as long as there's power. <laughs> and 
uh, information is power. Solidarity is strength. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm reading the five volumes of the the Game of Thrones. It's actually called mm, something else, but the first book is called the Game of Thrones. And in uh, book number five, I read that this kind of a quote. It's a soft quote. The hammer shatters glass but hardens steel. I feel like steel when I'm with all of you. I feel like steel when we get things done together. I feel like steel when I don't take any of this personally. You know, and hallelujah, that day has come. Because of my knowledge of the... um, shock event, because of my knowledge of how people leverage that, because of my knowledge of how what it takes to push back against what is intended to divide us, but using it as a uniting thing. I don't take this personally anymore. Regardless of how closely it touches me. Some things touch me more. Some things touch me less. But I'm a part of that solidarity team for whom it all matters. But none of it is touching me right now because I will not be wounded by this very, very, very obvious strategy. So I guess that what I'm saying is, hey, all you guys out there, throw any hammer you want. I'm ready. I'm ready. And I hope you are too. So I look forward to your future events. On power to the people, I really encourage you to contact me so that I can put them out on the air and so that I can put them out on my Facebook page and other people can share them. Uh, The biggest power isn't how many people look at my page. The biggest power is how those people take your message and share it. And so it's important. It's an opportunity. I hope you take advantage. And now... My Coffee Party Telethon moment. Coffee Party USA is totally funded by you, our members and supporters. Citizens United has not benefited us. We have no sugar daddy behind the curtain. (laughs) It's just us, you and me. If you'd like to become a member, go to our website, coffeepartyusa.com. Click on the big red Become a Member button. And you can choose to be an annual member, a monthly sustainer, or a one-time donor. And don't forget, uh, we're celebrating our seventh birthday, and you have a chance to get a Civility is Patriotic bumper sticker. Go to Donate and fill in the other box. You know, it always says 5, 10, 15, 20, and other. And if you write $7 in the other box, $7 for seven years, I'll send you the bumper sticker as a thank you. It'll be very, very cool. So, with all of that, I want to thank you for joining me. I want to thank you for being a part of uh, Coffee Party. I want to thank you for being a part of this country. I want you to thank you for being a part of Thoughtful America, who wants to find a way for all of us to get through this together. And with that, Coffee Party on. Beat goes on. The beat goes on. Drums keep pounding a rhythm to the brain. 
Da-da-da-da-da. 